we uh, are going to step in a moment into Colossians chapter 3. And before we do that, I, I want to tell you a short story that just will begin to take us there. Um, so the, the story is this, and it, it starts with this, um, I, I'm a morning person. Uh, who in this room is a morning person? So we have a number of people. When you're a morning person, you like to get up early um, before the rest of the family. And, and I like to accomplish a lot of things in the morning. I have this certain routine that I go through uh, so that I can get a lot of things done um, and just some important time spent each morning. So on one particular morning, I was, I was going through my morning routine. Things were going wonderfully. And, and I received a phone call from a coworker. And this coworker had, they were struggling with a dilemma and, um, and I received the call and I, in a very calculated way, I came up with a, um, an adequate solution to their dilemma and, and a way that I could um, uh, involve myself with minimal cost. Um, so we, we did that in the phone conversation um, and then I, I hung up and moved on to my morning routine to enjoy the rest of my morning person morning of getting things done. And later on that morning, I, I go into the office and I have a conversation with this person just to check in with them. And um, with, with gentleness and care, they shared with me how that phone conversation had made them feel, how I had made them feel missed, how I did not come across compassionate. Um, they shared how they, they cared about me and they care about my ministry and, and they, want, they want me to reflect Christ well. And the way I reflected Christ through that conversation, through a lack of compassion, was, was not good. So I, I received that and that was difficult. Um, but helpful in the sense that since that conversation, that, that brief um, uh, conversation, that has changed the way that I interact with coworkers. That's changed the way I hope that I, it's changed the way that I want to interact with anybody. I want to show more compassion. So we've been walking through these one another passages in Scripture. We've talked through this summer about loving one another, about welcoming one another, honoring one another, caring for one another, praying for one another, encouraging one another. And now we look at, um, well, I should say not, uh, last week we talked about serving one another. And um, even just a, a brief aside, as I think about the way that I have seen you all um, take that to heart and be serving one another this week. I think of a, a time I, um, of someone spending an afternoon making cupcakes and macarons to serve another group that they could enjoy these. I, I think of a time where um, I heard of a number of you um, preparing and delivering meals to people in difficult circumstances. I think of um, seeing some of you serve together uh, to put together a bereavement meal. I love the way that we as a church family, that we are serving one another, that we are obeying the Lord's call to do that. This morning in Colossians and some other passages, will the one another uh, idea that we'll be looking at is um, that we should help one another grow spiritually. So we'll focus um, specifically on Colossians 3, uh, 15 through 16, 
And before we zero in on that, I just want to show you the, the screen and a handful of passages that, that show kind of a breadth of um, instructions in this regard in the New Testament. We see in Romans 15 that we are told to instruct one another. In Ephesians 5, we're told to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In Colossians 16, where we'll land, we're told to teach one another and admonish one another. In Hebrews 10, we're told to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. This word spur is such an interesting word that is often used, um, it, it often is used in more of a negative way because of its, the pain involved and the startling nature involved in being spurred along in something. But Paul uses this in a positive way, saying this is a way that we love each other, we spur one another on, sometimes it's painful or startling, but we spur one another on toward love and good deeds. God has called us to be helping one another grow spiritually. I think of the, um, the body metaphor that Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 12, where he's talking about we as followers of Christ, we are one body and we're made up of many parts. And these parts work together um, to serve him. So I think about growth and this body metaphor. And if you want to build your biceps you should, do, um, you should do bicep curls. But the interesting thing is, in order to build your biceps, in order to do bicep curls, you don't just need your biceps, but you need hands to hold the bar and, and forearms to help lift it and, and legs to support the weight and a mind to send the right signals to the rest of your body. So when one part of the body is growing, it's not growing in isolation, but it's growing others, the other parts of the body are needed in this process to help one part of the body grow. I love that illustration for the church to remind us that we need each other to help one another grow spiritually. If you're in a small group, I hope you recognize that phrase and, and because you know that the primary purpose of a small group gathering is to help one another grow spiritually, more so than becoming friends, more so than supporting each other. Those two things are important, but primarily we meet in small groups to help one another grow spiritually. So here's where I, I want you to get your Bible out and, and we'll zero in on Colossians 3 verses 15 and 16, says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So there, there are two pieces of context that I want to give um, before we uh, unpack this, what it is to teach and admonish one another. First of all, we look at verse 15, where we're told about the peace, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So what is the peace of Christ? Ephesians 2 talks to us about how um, what Christ did on earth when he died on the cross, he brought peace between man and between humankind, and he also brought peace between humankind and God. 
When Christ died on the cross and he paid the punishment for our rebellion that we all deserved, he brought peace between us and peace between us and God. So, so the peace of God is pointing to the, the work of Christ on the cross. Let that work, let that gospel message rule in your hearts. For me to let the peace of Christ rule in me is for me to live in and for the reign of Christ. I'm living because of what he did on the cross. I'm living in and for his glory. So the context in which we are to teach and admonish one another is the context of living in and for the reign of Christ. When I think back to that coworker who spoke a word of admonishment to me, they, they were doing that um, because they cared about me and because they cared about um, living in and for the reign of Christ. They were doing that not because they wanted to one-up me and show that me how I'm here and they're here, but they shared this admonishment for the glory of Christ because they care about his glory. They shared this admonishment because they cared about me. They wanted to help me grow closer to the Lord. The context in which we are to teach and admonish one another is the context of living in and for the reign of Christ. The, the second bit of context that I want to give you is, is found just in the beginning of verse 16 as we're told to let the word of Christ dwell in you rich, richly. Or another translation says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And the idea here is that, that this is the word of Christ, God's living and active word. We are to be allowing this word to inform our minds and our hearts. We are to be spending time with this word regularly. That is how we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. What, what kind of rhythms or practices have you participated in in the last week that have helped you let this word of Christ dwell in you richly? As I interact with some of you, I, I see beautiful examples of, of your relationship with Jesus letting this word dwell in you richly, whether it's the way that you're living out your life in a way that follows his instructions, or whether it's um, actually hearing um, uh, large portions of scripture that, that you have hidden in your mind and your heart. There are others uh, in this room where it, it may not be a regular part of your life that you are letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And if that's the case, I would encourage you. This is God's miraculous word of revelation to us, of his love for us. I hope that as you consider that, that you would take time each day to let this word dwell in you richly. It's it's then that is the context when, when I'm told to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, I am to do that um, uh, leaning on this storehouse of wisdom and knowledge and passion. I don't teach and admonish one another out of the storehouse of my educational degrees or my life experience or, or some other thing. I, I teach and admonish one another. We are to teach and admonish one another out of the storehouse of, of the scripture, of the wisdom and knowledge that we've gained from scripture. When I, I think about... Um, 
this call to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And this is a call that, that it is for the whole church. It's not just for, um, just for the mature believers. It, it is the call for the whole church. We are all equipped and called to teach and admonish one another. So what does it mean to teach? I mean, this uh, somewhat explanatory. To teach someone is to help them understand something. To admonish someone is, is it's along those lines. It includes that and this idea of a warning to someone or a, um, a direction of correction. So, so we're all equipped and called to be a part of this. And you may say, well, what about that context? What about, you know, I just said, well, we're to teach and admonish one another on wisdom, but that's when we're living in and for the glory of Christ and as we are letting Christ's word dwell in us richly. And, and that's true, but that's the call for all of us. We are all called to be living in and for the glory of God, to be um, dwelling in his word. And as we are doing those, we are all called to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. So this call, it, um, it, it doesn't, to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, it doesn't just refer to giving a lecture or a sermon, um, but there's many ways that we can teach and admonish one another. I think about um, three in particular as I just think about some things that I've experienced, three ways that we can be teaching, what we can be helping one another grow spiritually. And those three ways are these, an invitation extended, life shared, and truth spoken. So an illustration of invitation extended, I think of um, when I was 16, I received an invitation from a 15-year-old girl um, to, to go to a youth conference. Um, so Becky Poopy um, gave me this uh, invitation, and, and her name was actually, her, her name was Becky Poopy. That was her last name, which is, I, it's true. So I don't want to keep going into that. But so Becky Poopy, she extends this invitation to me to go to this youth conference. I go to this youth conference, and, and that began um, launching some challenges and a series of events in my life that, that was some of the most significantly spiritually um, enriching and growing time in my life. So, so Becky Poopy, through her invitation extended, she helped me grow spiritually. I think of um, life shared. When I was in college, I was uh, working with a, in an, on an internship with a pastor named Stu Dix, and, and he shared his life with me. We met every week, and he would um, tell me about how things were going in his family. He'd tell me about how he was thinking through the, the difficult and the, and the good things about ministry. He would invite me to play racquetball and, um, and uh, uh, flag football with his Christian friends and his non-Christian friends. He, he shared his life with me. So Stu Dix, through this, his shared life, he helped me grow spiritually. And then there's also truth um, spoken is a way that we can help one another grow spiritually. I think of in high school, I, I was distressed and sad and mopey about a girl preferring some other guy more than she preferred me. And, and I went through a time of, of sadness about that. And, and after a while, I had a friend named Libby approach me and say, Brentley, you'd you've become a different person 
you're, you're sad and, and you're, you're um, moody all of the time and you need to just get over it. <laughs> so the Lord used that word to move me along and to realize, God, there is more to life than how much this girl prefers me or doesn't prefer me. So the Lord used Libby's truth spoken to help me grow spiritually. I think of other examples um, that I have in life right now, ways that the the Lord uses people to help me um, through truth spoken into my life. I think about um, Andrew Patton, who is uh, on staff as our director of ministries, and he has this way of, of speaking truth through asking questions. And he'll ask these questions where where I quickly realize, as I give the answer to this question, I'm exposing that I I am weak in this area. And his questions expose areas that I need to grow. I think about um, conversations with our senior pastor, David Henderson, and he has this way of of speaking truth through through some very gentle uh, observations. I think of um, my wife and the way the Lord has used her to speak truth into my life. And she is a truth teller. She will tell me when something is wrong and she will tell me when something is good. Amanda and David and Andrew, they, they help me grow spiritually through the truth that they speak into my life. When I, when I was thinking about some, some biblical examples of this, um, truth-telling is a pretty tricky thing. You know, we can look at the story in 2 Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 12, about Nathan speaking truth to David when David had made some horrible mistakes. And Nathan comes to David with, with boldness and clarity and speaks truth into David's situation. I think about in Galatians 2, uh, Paul speaking truth into what Peter was doing wrong. And again, with boldness and with clarity. Um, yet in both of those situations, it's, it's with love and it's with the glory of God in view. And then, then there's this other example in Scripture that we read about in Job. And, and Job has some people coming to him and supposedly trying to speak some truth into his life. But in hindsight, at the end of the, the, the book, we learn God's um, critique of how well these friends were speaking truth into his life. And, and for Job, in the midst of sadness and some really difficult things going on, um, we learn that the best way for those friends to speak truth into those circumstances would have been through silence and presence. So I think sometimes the most powerful way to speak truth is through silence and presence, particularly in those times where someone is walking through a very um, uh, sad and difficult road. So so whether it's through the the boldness and the clarity of the Nathan-David conversation or the the, um, Paul calling out Peter or through the... um, how we should interact uh, with those who are really struggling in some sadness um, through, through uh, silence and presence. In all of those, truth spoken helps people grow spiritually. I, uh, I was blessed this week to have a number of conversations with different ones of you who shared with me stories of how um, others have helped you grow in your relationship with the Lord, whether that's been through an invitation extended, through life shared, or through truth spoken. I encourage you to be thinking this week, what is, what is a next step? What is a way you can take a step deeper into 
um, helping someone else grow spiritually.